chapter fourteen of in search of mademoiselle by george gibbs recorded by tony oliva this librivox recording is in the public domain the martyrdom the morning of that dreadful day dawned cold and clear in the east over the ocean the sky was bright and glorious as though the heavens were opening but scan the sea as we might not a sail appeared and all hope of thus saving ourselves from imprisonment was gone when the company of arlac had disappeared around the point a league or so away from the southward the admiral arose from where he had been lying upon the beach by one of the fires and calling about him those who would come knelt down upon the sand and fervently prayed for the safety of those who had been spared until that day then rising he went down the beach and with lacaille Boudelet, and myself entered the canoe and we were rowed rapidly to the other shore the admiral in order to keep his part of the compact with de Avilés, carried with him the royal standard and other flags his sword dagger helmet buckler and the official seal given him by coligny menendez upon our approach arose and stood waiting for the admiral to speak i have come in behalf of myself and one hundred and fifty persons of my command to surrender as honorable prisoners of war i have brought these standards and my personal arms and seal in token of the good faith which shall therefore bear equally between us menendez motioned to one of his officers who took from the hands of lacaille and me these things which we had brought two hundred of your men said the spaniard have retreated from their position and i will wage a war against them with blood and fire and you i shall treat as our lord shall inspire calling to some of his soldiers he directed two of them to enter the canoe and bring over the frenchmen who stood waiting upon the opposite bank it seemed that they were to come in companies of ten and as they arrived would be made prisoners by an equal number of the spanish soldiers and led toward san augustin then menendez came again to where we stood at the edge of the bushes he was surrounded by a number of his soldiers and he motioned to us to move behind the sand-hills this unsuspecting we did out of sight of the other shore then for the first time i took notice of the face of the adelantado if it were hard and cruel of ordinary the look it now wore was like nothing so much as that of a wild beast his under jaw and lip projected hideously but under the brows in spite of their ferocity there was the gleam of intelligence and cunning which made the whole expression the more sinister and dreadful he came close to the admiral looking him in the face juan ribao he said 
you and all of your company are now in my power and i shall do with you as god shall give me grace as god should give him grace i looked around me at the bearded faces of the soldiery who were now closing in upon us and the menace of those words the very same that he had uttered in his promise of yesterday first dawned upon me with its terrible meaning the admiral looked him in the eye still unknowing i am ready to go with you he replied calmly but two soldiers came up from behind seizing his arms and then and not till then the scales fell from the eyes of all of us and we saw that we had been duped trapped by this arch-fiend and traitor lacaille and i exchanged glances and turning about made one desperate spring for liberty lacaille fell full upon the point of a pike and so died making not even an outcry a sword scratched my arm and i pitched upon the figure of the man who wielded it the sword flew from his hand but his arms closed about me tightly and over and over we rolled among the bushes the soldiers dodging about trying to get their weapons home upon my body but fearing to hurt their fellow he was strong and i weak from lack of food in a few moments he had me undermost while he was striving to draw a poignard another man here fell upon my legs while still another was running forward with a partisan i gave myself up for lost hoping to warn those who had not yet been conveyed across the channel i let forth a loud cry then my adversary leaned down on me clapping his hand across my mouth i bit into his finger fiercely and i thought the dagger was coming down but i saw his face at the same moment that he saw mine and knew why i had been so easily overcome for it was diego de bassan i watched the point of the dagger but it did not fall his surprise was so great that his hand remained suspended in mid-air and he drew in a quick breath of fright as though he had seen a phantom his soldiers noting his discomfiture did not strike but stood waiting in a moment a knowledge of the truth came to him then perhaps in a spirit of fair play remembering a time when i had set him free he lowered his weapon and bade his men bind and gag me and set me on my feet he stood in front of me holding his sides alternately laughing and sucking his bitten finger well well sir pirato the dead hath come to life of a verity and this is no miracle but a clear process of reasoning it would have grieved me much to see thee die just now for i've rarely met a man of such honest thews it doth me good to see thy face again though by my conscience i have always sworn that i like not a beard upon the countenance of englishmen which to my mind should ever be round and hairless like the sucklings that they are i listened composedly to his 
banter glad of the chance to rid my mind of the horror which was to come it is a pity my fledgling cock that mademoiselle de la Notte did not inform me <laughs> you start yes yes she lives in very excellent health and would have bidden you farewell had she known she will mourn when you are dead sir pirato for she thinks of you with great kindness and so he went on adding one insult to another veiling them under this thin coating of humor so that they might cut the deeper but i saw from his surprise and from the manner in which he spoke that mademoiselle had told him nothing he was lying in his throat if she were alive she was safe also from him that i knew but i trembled with rage at his manner and innuendos and would have killed him if i could i remembered the chance i had upon the cristobal and felt accursed for having let such a thing as he continue to live upon the earth i saw him go over to the adelantado and talk earnestly pointing toward me as though asking some favor the adelantado shook his head in refusal but at last wavering seemed to give assent the safety of mademoiselle was first in my thoughts and made me almost happy as i stood there though for myself there seemed little chance that i should come out of the adventure alive de bassan had won it seemed if there were a chance of escape i should not be slow to take it but if i were to die i would show no white feather to this spaniard whom i hated and now hate even that he is dead as i think no man was ever hated before my comrades of the trinity gave no sign of fear though they felt the nearness of their doom as keen as i the admiral stood erect his head high in air Boudelet had been pinioned and bound and stood near his chief helpless but determined that no supplication for pity should escape his lips my heart went out to the sieur de la Norte, for he was white as death and so weak that two soldiers carried him his livid delicate face looked this way and that as though his mind wandered and were unconscious of it all i wanted to speak to him one last word to tell him that mademoiselle was alive and might be among the people of saturiona he might have died happy the pity of it but i could not for my mouth was bandaged tightly and it was impossible for me to make a sound above a murmur at length all the frenchmen of revolt had come upon this shore and stood or lay bound and helpless among the sand-hills then menendez de aviles came to admiral revolt and said again is there any one among you who will go to confession revolt turned his head closing his eyes and answered calmly i and all here 
are of the reformed faith then he looked upward as though making one last mute appeal for the lives of the men whom he had unwittingly led to this martyrdom his face shone with new beauty as he gazed upward and the heavens smiled back at him the brightness and glory of the day were wonderful and that made the contrast the stranger it even seemed as though the sun the sea the sky and all the wonders of god's earth and firmament were sullied and polluted by the touch of these atrocities there upon the lonely sand-spit in the hands of these fanatics we were forgotten of god then ribault raised his voice in a chant which mingled softly with the roar of the surf and melted into the air like the passing of a soul it was the psalm domine memento mei and one by one the huguenots some kneeling but most standing upright fearlessly took it up until a great and holy prayer went up to god there was something greater than the things of earth in that grand chorus and in the faces of these martyrs was the look which must be borne by those already within the gates of paradise as i saw menendez de aviles and his butchers come forward closing in two men took me from the rear dragging me behind a sand-hill throwing me upon the beach and tightly binding my feet and legs with ropes and arquebus cords they fastened my handkerchief over the bandage upon my mouth to make it the more secure and passed this closely over my ears so that now only sight remained to me but this assisted me little for my neck was bound so tight that i could not turn my head they threw me face downward upon the sand and so left me i lay there i know not how long expecting each moment to receive the point of a pike between the shoulders i have thanked god many times since then that in those dreadful moments he made me powerless to see and hear so great was the agony of mind that more than once i prayed that all might soon be ended the sufferings through which i was passing had made me well-nigh distraught but it was only a temporary lunacy like that upon the beach after the wreck and i have come to this day at a ripe age in full possession of all my faculties death was not yet for me in a while there came two of these fiends reeking and drunk with their slaughter unbinding my feet they bade me follow on behind their fellows who had gone before toward san augustine carrying their bloody trophies the lives of four others beside mine own had been spared and we prisoners de brisac a fifer a drummer and a trumpeter were tied together for our better security and in single line were marched up the beach each looked at the heels of the man in front fearing to raise his eyes upon some new barbarity toward noon there was a rest and these 
butchers fed us upon biscuit and preserved fruits giving each a draught of eau de vie it seemed from this that they meant for the present to save us further physical suffering the drink set new life coursing through my veins and by afternoon i had steeled my memory in some sort against the things which had been and prepared my spirit against the new and like enough more desperate trials of mind and body which must surely come for what else could de bassan be saving me was it for a torture worse than the death of ribault la Notte, and those other martyrs my companions what hideous devilry could he be devising i thought of his sinister threat upon the san cristobal and i felt sure he was preparing to work his worst upon me but even as i was helpless in his power i had no fear of him only hatred which had driven out all other personal relation there was no instrument that the inquisition had devised which should provoke one groan and no torture that he could invent which should wring one tribute to his devilish ingenuity so long as mademoiselle were not there to make my pulses tremble he should have no sign nay more i would escape mademoiselle alive let them give me so much as half a hair's breadth of license and i vowed that there were not enough spaniards in all the flowery land to hold me prisoner and why i knew not i was as sure she was alive as though she were there by my side i would escape back to europe to let the king of france and our own queen bess of england know what manner of fiends the king of spain had let loose to make a living hell of this great and good land across the water it was right that i should escape there were none who were with ribault when he was betrayed save me and none who could give the lie to the tales this spaniard menendez would tell to his people and to the people of france i determined that if god willed i would be the instrument of justice upon them and if the iron helm of fate were entrusted to my hands i would seize it with no light grasp for the moment even the thought of mademoiselle and all she had suffered and might still suffer vanished from my mind and i wished nothing but vengeance for the murder of my comrades i knew not until now how dear they had been to me she would understand she would know they were of her religion but like me she had not the humility to bow meekly under such a blow if i could first escape out of their intimate clutches i knew that i could get to france there had been many ships on the florida coast of late english ships too and admiral hawkins or perhaps even captain hooper might now be in those waters and so my mind planned and planned as i trudged along towards st augustine 
between the serried ranks of my captors there was no chance of escape for arquebusiers to the number of ten brought up the rear and de bassan had given them orders to shoot us in the back did we give the slightest sign or movement of a nature suspicious in this fashion we walked until dark de bassan saying no word nor even coming near then we turned sharply through the dunes inshore to the left and came abruptly to the bay within the sand-spit and upon four large barges which had been brought to convey us across this arm of the sea it was not until then that i had a chance of words with diego de bassan i determined that could i speak with him i would leave no effort of diplomacy unmade to secure his attention and approval for this was no place for pride and therein lay the way to safety it so happened that in the boat his thwart was next to mine with some display of good humor he addressed me gratitude may not be one of your virtues sir pirato i find little cause for gratitude don de bassan said i not even that you have your life as a gift from the adelantado you are truly hard to please here i have saved you from a long wait in the bowels of hell and you pay me with what not even a smile of thanks or welcome then it is to you i owe my life for the present senor killigrew and why have you spared me i know not a whim perhaps a happy whim for me be not so sure of that my bantam i fancied you day long since you see in spite of the senorita lanotte there was something of surprise that made me spare you the dagger something of curiosity that made me beg your life of the captain-general curiosity to see in what way it were best to kill men like you who die hard we can die but once i returned doggedly i'm not so sure you don't die easy my master and you own such fine tough sinews it were a pity to have you foisted off upon the devil with such small display of resistance is it the torture then i asked it will be my friend as the adelantado shall decide i have a fancy that in a short time thou wilt become a valiant servant of the church i have known a heretic rabid as thyself turn speedily christian at the stake fire is a very excellent servant of the devil i returned and so warmly that i regretted my petulance the moment after ah you think i may not bend your spirit wait and see why in our army we have a little soldier so skilful in mechanical toys that he can set his touch upon each particular nerve in the body running his fingers over them as lightly as one would play the lute it ill becomes a fine big man like you i returned 
a man who has little fear of aught upon the earth to trifle with these petty contrivances i thought i would try him upon a new course my muscles like yours are good enough for most of the purposes of this life but with careful feeding you might best me again you see i acknowledge you nay my bantam you cannot again touch my vanity i fight you no more you will not fight me in your own camp said i unwilling to drop the question so easily surely there will be little danger to yourself who spoke of danger he said irritably and then laughing ha ha i fear no danger why should i fight you i can see my soldiers take your spirit out by slow inches and i will view the spectacle with great serenity in company with a lady of your acquaintance who has been pleased you devil i cried unable to restrain myself you liar and blasphemer and with a leap i hurled myself against him until he fell against the gunwale and we all but went overboard i striking at him with my bound hands and elbows the boat rocked from this side to that and we seemed like to capsize several men were striking at me with boat hooks and oars and at length they dragged me off and threw me down in the bottom of the boat as god leaves i will kill you now he said fiercely and rising he drew his dagger but he thought better of it before he touched me for he thrust the weapon back and sat quietly down on his thwart we will wait he said calmly thus ended my diplomacy what a fool i was perhaps every chance of escape was lost that was all there was of it they would take us to the camp at san augustine and there kill us like dogs End of chapter 14